special tribute there to Mary Rebecca Matlasela and that's Vosi Matlasela uh, that's how we start the show today and invite you to um, join in the conversation. Give us a call on 091-104-207 and you can also um, join us via WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. We're at SAFM Radio on both on Twitter and Facebook and you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And uh, we also welcome your SMSs at 40938 charged at one and the conversation today is just reflecting on children with special needs. Are they thoroughly catered for or are we still complacent? In 2015, uh, we had uh, shocking statistics that were revealed that 597,000 uh, South African children with disabilities were not attending schools. And uh, what does the picture look like uh, currently? And Dewa uh, Mabinga is joining us as Director for African Division at Human Rights Watch Southern Africa. Good afternoon and welcome, Dewa. Afternoon, Christopher. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and uh, afternoon to your listeners. Now, this was a shocking statistic in in 2015. What do we look like now? Um, because when I look at 2016, uh, there was no change. 2017, there was no change. Well, where we are now is that um, uh, the government has not uh, put out uh, statistics, but what has been positive has been an acceptance of uh, not only our findings but findings by others, by local groups, in terms of the gaps and shortcomings when it comes to access to education for children with disabilities. Uh, We also need to acknowledge that there has been work in terms of uh, the government having policies on inclusive education, but what is outstanding now is the implementation of those policies and uh, a dedication of national resources uh, at national level and at provincial level to ensure that there is a full implementation of the uh, inclusive education policy. So this is where we are now. We are saying that uh, the government has made sort of positive uh, responses when we address the government um, at, at, at uh, executive level and also at parliamentary level. But we want to see more happen now and also the figures coming up, up from government itself. One of the accusations then uh, was that um, as Human Rights Watch, you're inflating the numbers and unnecessarily bringing um, controversy to uh, this uh, human tragic reality. Uh, and, and what's your view on that? Well, and we have said that as Human Rights Watch, when we did our work, we, uh, in terms of the research, we worked closely with uh, a number of um, local groups, but also to put it on record that the statistics that we quoted in our report were actually statistics from the government itself. Mm. But what we need to acknowledge is that there has been a disconnect in terms of the different departments in terms of what they are doing, uh, the Department of Social Services, the Department of uh, Basic Education, um, also at different levels, at national level and at provincial level. And we have been saying that uh, one branch of government would not know the statistics that are resident in another department. And this is not right. There is need for a comprehensive 
and holistic approach by the government authorities. And clearly, our statistics were from the government and not from our own. We were simply reporting what had been put on the table by government uh, departments. So what seems to be uh, the delay? You do indicate that uh, there's acknowledgement and um, the conversations are now at uh, policy development um, uh, phases. What seems to be the delay? And do we know what what are the specific uh, targets that have been set and by when in, in addressing this issue? I think one of the challenges that uh, uh, one or two uh, include uh, what I've just mentioned, which is uh, the lack of coordination between different departments uh, to have a proper uh, implementation framework that is adequately resourced. So we are also talking about uh, not putting enough resources uh, to the implementation of this inclusive education policy. Also, it appeared uh, that there was not you know, sufficient political will to ensure that you know, the, the policies and laws that are available are fully implemented and that there is accountability in the education system. Maybe let's paint a picture for a person who's not aware why um, this is such an important uh, discussion. What does the waiting list uh, look like? Well, again, it's, uh, for children with disabilities, it, uh, it depends, uh, but there are long waiting periods running into years even that we found before uh, a child is admitted. So that, but to make it worse, these are almost like invisible figures because now the statistics are not properly captured mm. uh, so that the government has a clear picture of what is happening. And this is also one of our recommendations to say that there is need to make this challenge uh, visible mm. so that uh, policymakers can see in terms of the numbers of children who are being failed by the system. Yeah. When we talk of, uh, in, uh, in 2015 when we did our research, of over uh, half a million children, mm. uh, it, it was not clear to many in terms of uh, how they were being failed and how they were falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So this is um, a major area of focus to say uh, you need to have uh, the Department of Social Services, uh, the Department of Basic Education have clear statistics and a clear program of action to follow through and ensure that there is no child who is left behind. All right. Uh, the question we ask, are we failing children with special needs? Are they uh, catered for in, in a mainstream education system? And uh, and, and the, the numbers uh, don't lie. Joining us uh, uh, representing Human Rights Watch Southern Africa is Dewa Mavinga. And uh, we take a commercial break. When we come back, let's look at uh, some of the needs that we have identified that are still a shortfall. And also welcome you to um, give us a call. Connect with us. 891 104207 or WhatsApp voice note on 0614104107. We're both on Twitter and Facebook as well at uh, SAFM Radio. And we also welcome your SMSs at 40938, charged at 150. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. All right, uh, we're taking your calls right now. At uh, 0891-104-207. Point Social Nguve, good afternoon. Thank you so much uh, for calling us. Uh, right, and I'm, I'm sure. Okay, okay, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Edumpo. 
I'm great. I'm great. I was still I was still mentioning that. Um, thank you for calling us. And uh, now, as a blind person, you have firsthand experience on on some of the challenges that Lena's faced to date. I have, you know, this thing of different education. The way they treat things is all people. It's really not fair, actually. Mm. Because uh, it's like we are not a part of the mainstream community. Mm. Yeah, it's like we're not part of the mainstream community, the way they're treating us. You know what happened to me last week, man? I went, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I've got a sister, I know, studying at UNISA. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she, she's, uh, she's an albino, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm calling a sister of mine, but she's, she's, uh, she's a fiance of mine, actually. So, I mean, like, she's a person who lives with me full time, man. Okay. You know, we we went there at UNISA. She applied, and they're supposed to give her a bazaar because she, she also needs assistive, assistive devices and stuff. When we got there, the treatment that we got, it's like we don't exist. They'll take you that side, go to a disability unit, go there, go. Instead of putting people there who will help us exactly, they don't do that. And you'll wait. You know, she, she applied in 2016. Even now, she's still waiting. Oh, man. 2016, she applied for assistive devices and nurses to help. Even now, she's still waiting. Last week, we, we managed to budget. She budgeted a bit of money so that she can go and register. Mm-hmm. She got there. When she got there, they said, yes, uh, she must uh, pay, uh, I think it was 5,000, uh, five modules. And the modules that she owed back, which is what, 6,000, uh, all in all, was 6,500. Mm-hmm. And when she, she, because we budgeted the money with our grant, at least one of us has to study. So when the other one finished, at least the other person can also mm. study. And when she got there, the treatment she got, it was very bad because they tell her, no, we don't take cash, go to the ATM and deposit the money. And she went. Oh, I t- th- okay. When she got there, she was marked. I know. She was marked. And now, like, the, the, her, all her, her future is now, because we, we, can't, we can't raise another 6500 We can't. Mm. So that means she has to wait for another year for next year so we can buy it again so what she can study. If if there were special, uh, at least there was make special need for people who are blind or who are low vision that they can pay there at the school, it was going to be better than, mm. look, now she lost a lot and she was paying to have a great future, but look what happened now. Now she has to wait uh, for another year. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Mpo. Uh, really, indeed, some of these challenges that uh, we're reflecting on uh, that people with uh, special needs and disabilities uh, go through in, in accessing education. Lisa, you're joining us from Deben. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, and thank you for hosting this very important conversation. I chair an organization, an NPO called Action in Autism, and um, I have to say that we have been using the Inclusive Education White Paper Policy to fight for the right to education for our children. Um, and rightfully so, we have the most amazing policy. And like the gentleman from uh, uh, Human Rights Watch has indicated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we don't have the people with the vision to actually roll out. Right now, the Department of Education, KZN, is rolling out Program 4, which sets aside 27.7 million rands for children with uh, high support needs, profound uh, disability, or those with comorbid conditions. Um, but this goes completely against inclusive education because they want to create uh, toolkits for those in care centers. And I must say that care centers are a complete transgression of justice to our children. They should not 
still languishing in care centres mm. as school-going age children. They should be in our special needs schools, our elfin schools. Those with middle to low support needs should be in full-service schools and mainstream schools. We just haven't had the people to, and the vision to actually roll out. The other alarming factor is that they're, they're building solely autistic schools for mm. autistic children. In Khartoum, they've built a few in Soweto, etc. But that is, again, excluding our children. Mm. We want them to be in the mainstream of society, and we want them to be part of society. And once again, you're excluding, discriminating against them, creating schools that, according to a medical model, um, it's apartheid and segregation of the worst kind. And we have objected strongly, but we see right now they are building another school solely for children with autism in KZN. And Lisa, do you feel like, uh, you know, the progress is, is just uh, at a snail pace? Yes, it's just stymied. I mean, we fought for the Autism Action Plan where we said every single special needs school has to accommodate learners with autism and high support needs. And, you know, we, we signed and ratified the Autism Action Plan in 2012 in mm. KZN, and each school was given 200,000 rands to, lo- uh, to roll out. But, of course, there's still discriminatory measures in place. Uh, you know, a, a remnant of apartheid where they're still working according to the medical model. They're still admitting kids, saying we don't provide for that p- particular child. Sure. You know, you can't continue to say only blind kids go to the school, only deaf kids go to the school, mm. you know, um, only those with cerebral palsy go to another school. What happens that's when there's form- comorbid conditions? That's a form of discrimination. Cerebral palsy and autism. Mm, you have mm. to have a program that caters for all. And yeah. that's where our most profoundly disabled, those who are, need the most support in our society, are getting the least kind of support. It's really a human rights transgression. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you very much. Especially when our constitution claims that we all are equal before the law. Sent us a message on Facebook saying policymakers are no longer active these days. Principals and community leaders uh, have uh, they've left everything to government. We have a serious problem. And in, in one minute, um, before we come back and conclude on this uh, conversation, Dewa, uh, do you feel like perhaps there's no um, plan in, in what the needs are, actually are? Yes, unfortunately, that's part of the problem. Because, look, if you are going to uh, talk about uh, financial and human resources, one of the big problems uh, is the... Uh, idea that there must be fees and expenses that are paid by either pupils, uh, children with disabilities, or for assistance, to have an assistant uh, in schools. Uh, You talk of fees, uh, you talk of uh, transport needs, but that kind of assessment, I believe, has not been Mm. done sufficiently uh, to enable the authorities uh, to have the the right uh, kind of interventions that can ensure that there is no child who is left behind. So now, even before we talk of the allocation of resources, we need to have a comprehensive understanding of the challenges on hand. Dawa, let's take a news break, and uh, when we return, let's look at uh, way forward. Uh, how we can? Uh, you did mention that one of the challenges is there's no coordination. Dewa Mavinga, who is a director of uh, the African Division at Human Rights uh, Watch Southern Africa, here's the news headlines with Utsilesako.
Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. Question we ask is: um, Is government uh, failing with uh, um, for children with special needs when it comes to their education? Um, and, and I don't know if we should be asking this question only to government, but also looking at us as as society, as as human beings. Uh, what is it that we're doing to put the necessary pressure uh, in order for this um, need to be realised? Uh, because it is an equal right according to our constitution, and there were. Um, Director of uh, African Division at uh, the Human Rights Watch Southern Africa is joining us on the line as we try to unpack how big a monster is this. Now, Dewa, let's talk about, uh, I mean, way forward. What, Which organizations need to collaborate more? Uh, how do we influence and ensure that, uh, you know, resources are allocated uh, effectively in addressing um, the societal ill? Uh, I, I think so the, uh, the way forward and leadership should come from uh, the government of South Africa at different levels. At national level, at, um, uh, at the national assembly level, as well as at provincial levels, to say how, what are the steps to implement you know, the existing positive policies. So we are talking about, uh, for example, the Department of um, Basic Education, the Department of uh, Adult Basic Education, uh, the Department of um, Social Development, so that there is uh, a synchronization in terms of identifying the needs and uh, implementing the policies that would ensure that all children benefit and also roll out a campaign in the communities. Uh, You rightly mentioned, uh, Chrisola, that, you know, in communities there is a lack of understanding Mm. of uh, issues of disabilities. So we found that even families with children with disabilities, some of them would hide them and not want them to be in the public. So we need a massive campaign to educate the, the communities to say, all children deserve and should be in school uh, without any discrimination and understanding that we need the government to be taking a lead in this uh, initiative. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. So perhaps contact details uh, for those who would like to uh, contribute towards, uh, you know, the policy shift and uh, actionables. Uh, Where do they go? Well, uh, we could uh, supply, uh, they could call uh, Human Rights Watch on uh, 011 in Johannesburg, 062-2850, and then we would then refer them to uh, groups that we work with in different provinces across South Africa. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. That's uh, Dewa Mavinga, who's a uh, director uh, for the Africa Division at Human Rights Watch Southern Africa, as we're talking about, uh, you know, the challenges that still face children with special needs. And imagine if the world was not as receiving and uh, there was no education uh, for children who are differently abled, would not experience a salificator. Here's tomorrow.